This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan, and we are now halfway through the first month of the new year. And I'm sure, I don't know, this is how I feel. I don't know about you, but I'm sure by now the excitement of the new year has probably worn off. But we're still sitting there with that list of ideas or hopes or dreams that we would like to accomplish. And we're just not feeling it anymore. At least I'm, I'm struggling to, uh, to stand by those things. I don't, know about, I don't know about you, Connor. How are you feeling? It's such a weird thing where like that new year, new me, new fresh breath of air. I feel like I've got wind behind my sails January 1st. And then all of a sudden... I don't even know what the date is anymore. I don't even know what today is. I think it's like the, <laughs> we're in the teens of January and yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yep. I'm so tired. 2021 has already started off to be kind of a long feeling year. It has. It has. Yeah. We thought we were in the clear in 2020 and in 2021 just said, you nope. thought, you thought you were done, but that's just life. That's just life. We could play into it too much too. But life is hectic. It is what it is. And in the words of Gandalf, all you have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given to you. Well, that, those are some pretty wise words um, from from the that's the Lord of the Rings, right? It is. It is. I haven't watched those movies in years, but that just came to me. That, that might be from the spirit. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. It might be. You know, you know, like sometimes you hear things from the world and you're like, that is biblical, you know. And <laughs> but anyways, um, so, yeah, we're here. It's uh, we don't even know what day it is. The holidays are over. <laughs> the New Year excitement has worn off. And we want to be encouragers to to the warrior. We want to discuss today about something that I think is probably one of the most important things to learn in life, but also the hardest. And that is discipline. What is discipline? Discipline is freedom. And that comes from the Jocko Willink. If you're a warrior, you probably know that name. Jocko Willink, retired Navy SEAL, author, podcast, extraordinaire, businessman now. The man is just doing it all. But that's one of his kind of famous quotes, discipline equals freedom, which essentially means discipline is that which allows you to do things in life. Hmm. Discipline allows you the freedom to pursue your interests. Discipline allows you um, to live, to flourish, to get stuff done to do what you have to do to survive and take care of the people that you love. I mean, that just kind of sounds, at first glance, that sounds to me completely opposite of of the two, freedom and discipline. Because when you hear the word discipline, I think like, oh, it's boring, it's horrible, it's annoying. And then, you know, freedom just sounds the complete opposite of that. But how do those two tie together? It is. We've been talking about this word, right? Dichotomy. Uh What a great word. What does dichotomy mean? Actually, let's define that word because I I didn't know what that meant. It's such a good one. Warrior, write that word down and use it this week and impress somebody in your office or in your unit or in your shift. Dichotomy. Dichotomy is two things that seem contradictory that actually exist within one thing, if that makes sense. So like one true thing that appears to demonstrate two seemingly contradictory ideas. But they're the same thing. But they are the same thing. So discipline and freedom are equals? They are, yeah, one leads to the other. They seem to be contradictory Mm -hmm. ideas. It seems like if you want freedom, then you should just, you know, forsake all of your responsibilities and, um go and enjoy your freedom. But really that's not freedom because you're only delaying the inevitable. I mean, no matter, no matter who you are, like whether you have bills to pay, 
right? If you, if you want freedom, if you want to freely live in your house, you need the discipline to take care of your bills. If you are in a relationship and you want freedom to enjoy that relationship, you need a certain level of discipline in order to ensure that that person, your partner, feels loved and respected so that you can enjoy the relationship. If you want the freedom to go travel the world and see the seven wonders of the world, you need the discipline to save the money to make that possible. So they do seem to be contradictory, but I agree with what Jocko says. I, th- I would recommend Jocko's podcast and books and all that. I think that I think that he's really onto something here when, when he talks about this idea that discipline actually does equal freedom. So in other words, if you want to avoid the negative consequences that life can bring, then you need discipline. Yes, definitely. Let me share a quick story because that's a beautiful way okay. to put it. And this is so timely. So a lot of us, myself, I'm going to share a story about myself, but I know a lot of people will will resonate with this. We get anxiety mm-hmm. about like taking care of difficult things or doing difficult things. And I just got back from the dentist's office. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it never silly. fun to go to the dentist's office. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it sounds silly, but like I had not been to the dentist in like over a year. So and re- I'm going to blame the army for this one. Jocko, Jocko Willink also talks about this idea of extreme ownership, where you need to take ownership of everything in your life so that you can also flourish. I'm going to reject that right now. And I'm just going <laughs> to blame the United States Army for all of my dental problems. Yeah, you had no control over it. <laughs> no control. Nope. Nope. The army was in control and they just do what they want. And they don't care about your teeth. They just need to sign off on these forms. They'll do like the basic care, you know, but they're not giving you the deep cleanings or whatever. And they don't really care if you're not flossing all that, whatever. So I get out of the, the army dental system and now I go to a regular civilian dentist and I get a cleaning and they're like, dude, your teeth are jacked up. You need help. You need to start. Fl- Do you even know what floss is? Oh, no. And I say, no, man, no, ma'am. I, I, the army didn't teach me about floss. Tell me about what this substance is. <laughs> and uh, and they tell me, like, if you don't start flossing, you're going to have big issues. And I say, no problem. I'm going to start flossing every day of my life. And all all the listeners know that's the biggest lie that you could tell anybody. So I, I go home and I'm just so anxious about my teeth. I just forget about it. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go back to the dentist. I'm not going to get it taken care of because it's difficult and it's painful to get your teeth worked on. And I'm anxious about it. I, I don't like, you know, not succeeding in things. And I feel like I'm not succeeding in my teeth. And so I don't want to face this deficiency within myself. And, uh, and so out of that anxiety, I don't go back to the dentist for a year. Now, I finally have to go back. Like now I'm serving in the Air National Guard and they're like, hey, yeah, we need you to we need you to go to the dentist. And I'm like, all right, I'll go back. And my wife is nagging me respectfully, rightfully so, telling me to get to the dentist. So I go in there and what do you know? They tell me the same thing. Dude, your teeth are jacked up. <laughs> we got to We got to do some work here. And uh, if only I had the discipline after that first cleaning, I would have been fine. Like if after that first cleaning, if I had started flossing, if I had taken the task seriously through discipline, I would be fine. But because I waited a year because I wanted the freedom to eat whatever foods I want and to not be tied down by the silly floss. And then because I waited so long, now my teeth are in such a worse condition. And now I've got to get like some some legitimate, you know, deep cleanings and some other painful stuff, cavities filled and all that, all that stuff that, that nobody likes. If only I had the discipline at first, I would be in a much better position. But because I lacked the discipline, 
now I'm facing some negative consequences. When you explain it like that, it's like hearing the overview, you're like, well, it makes so much sense just to floss your teeth. But I can I can totally relate with you because I'm the biggest forgetter, the anxious forgetter of things as well. And I, I know that this was definitely an important thing because your teeth are important. I, I can imagine that lacking discipline could lead to even bigger problems. And thankfully for you, it wasn't too late for your teeth. You get to keep them and you do get to enjoy those foods because you are going to take care of your teeth. But I can, I can see how like this anxious forgetting and, um, you know, just letting the problems stick up could could lead to even bigger problems in other areas such as relationships or work or family. Yeah, in, in every aspect of life, in every aspect of life, I think we need discipline. And and if we don't have that discipline, if we don't exercise it constantly like a muscle, then we are going to experience negative consequences. I like that. I like that discipline is a muscle. I think I think that's that's so true. And I never thought of it like that before. But it, when you say it like that, it makes so much sense. We can see why discipline is important. And I wanted to ask you if you have any scripture, any particular scripture that um, speaks about discipline. Yes, we do. We do. I mean, I think you actually see it in a lot of places in scripture. I think of um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, talking about disciplining his mind, disciplining his body so that he can run the race set before him, so that he can carry out the ministry given to him by God. I, I also think of Paul talking about disciplining his mind in rendering every thought captive so that even his thoughts are honoring and glorifying to God. But I think the, the most practical scriptural wisdom on discipline comes from the Proverbs. Proverbs is a phenomenal book on wisdom. And, and the authors of this book give us many little Proverbs, many little sayings that are true about discipline that are helpful for us in our daily life. So one of the places in Proverbs that talks about discipline is uh, Proverbs 12.1, which says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is pretty, is pretty, sorry, but whoever hates correction is stupid. I was going to say pretty stupid, but that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> you just wanted to soften the scriptures for the people. I, I did, you but just... you, I mean, but the scriptures is pretty, pretty clear here. <laughs> You wanted to just soften that blow. You wanted to protect the warrior from being told that they were stupid. It's, it's from the mercy the Bible. in me. I was just. And but you know, it is it is funny that the Bible would use that harsh language. That you know, the writer of these proverbs were, would use that harsh language. But we know that that's true. Like it's so stupid that I didn't floss my teeth. That's stupid. It's foolish. I've set myself up for not only pain but also like financial costs of having to get like my teeth worked on. Like it's dumb to not be disciplined. And, and the advantages of discipline are um, are reaped by those who are wise. The advantages of discipline are reaped by those who are wise. Yeah, that's. Mm, somebody tweet that. Somebody tweet that, and don't tag me because I'm not on Twitter because Twitter's an evil place. Yeah, Twitter's the one the one that I don't have either. <laughs> I used to be on Twitter and then people just bully each other. It's so it's like it's a cutthroat world on Twitter, man. Yeah, they don't have much discipline with their words. Negative. <laughs> negative. They do not. Boy, oh boy, are we a culture that needs some discipline on social media. So the next I mean, this is there's many examples of discipline throughout the scripture, but this is just some of the few that, that we have. The next one is Proverbs 3, 11 through 12 which says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. That's a good one. And and perhaps, Warrior, you might have heard that one before. The Lord disciplines those whom he loves. So if you think about that, and, and this is going to be you know the point that we're driving to here, this connection between discipline and flourishing. 
that the Lord wants you to flourish. The Lord is inviting you to experience freedom in his presence. And, and in order to do that, in order to experience life as God meant life to be experienced, it comes through discipline. That kind of ties into what you were saying earlier as freedom is found in discipline. I don't remember yeah. the exact quote, but that's what, you know, the dichotomy of of freedom and discipline, but just substituting flourishing, which flourishing and freedom go hand in hand as well. I think they do. I think you're, there's definitely a correlation there. You're right. You're right. Discipline equals freedom was the, the, mm-hmm. the Jocko quote. Um, that's it. But I, I think that's true here. And, and I think that's why we would, we would see something like this. The Lord disciplines those whom he loves because the Lord is inviting you into freedom. The Lord is inviting you into flourishing. But that doesn't come just by snapping your fingers. That doesn't come just by you sitting on your hands, not doing anything. That doesn't come by you playing video games all day. That comes through discipline. That comes through working hard and and exercising and being a good steward of all that God has given you. Okay, so let me ask you a loaded question. Yes, I love loaded questions. What does the Lord's discipline look like to those he loves? I would say because this is scripture and we're not talking about a self-help book here, then the the primary application is going to be against sin. So the Lord is going to discipline his children when they sin. Now, that's an interesting concept, and that is a loaded question, because we know per Romans 8.1, the Apostle Paul writes, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So if you are a Christian, if you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus himself, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, came to earth, died on the cross on our behalf to take not only the sin that we have, but also the rightful punishment, the rightful judgment for that sin onto himself so that we might be clean, so that we might be counted worthy in God's presence. The Son of God then died. The Son of God rose from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he rules and reigns over all things and promises to one day return and uh, restored this world to its original glorious design. So if you believe in that gospel, the gospel of God to make all things right in the world, to redeem all things in the world, then you are redeemed. You are restored. You are, when God sees you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. That's scandalous, but that's the gospel that God made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So when God sees you, he doesn't see your mess. He doesn't see your sin. Those things are forgotten and paid for in the cross. When God looks at you, he sees the son. He sees the righteousness of the son so that you are redeemed and reconciled into his presence now and forever. So there's no condemnation. There's no judgment for the believer, but there is consequences to our actions. And in that, I think there is discipline. So if I'm, if I'm a jerk to my wife, if I'm a, just a sinful idiot and I snap and I lose my temper and I am not patient and not gracious and I'm not living out what, what Paul tells me to live out in Ephesians 5, to love my wife like Christ loved the church by sacrificing, by laying down my life, by laying down my preferences and serving her. If I fail to do that, that's sin. Now, God's not going to condemn me for that sin because all my sin, past, present, and future, is already paid for in the cross. But there are going to be consequences to my actions here and now. And I think that the Lord is present even in those consequences. 
I think the Lord is working and moving and ministering in our lives, even when we screw up and are facing the negative consequences of our actions. So I think primarily, as we talk about the scriptures, I think primarily that's what it means for God to discipline his children, is that there's going to be consequences to our stupidity. There's going to be consequences to our foolishness. Now, in that there's grace and in that God is still active and present and ministering. But that doesn't excuse us from facing the consequences of our actions. I still have to floss my teeth, for example. God's not gonna God's not gonna just magically cure my teeth because I'm a Christian. No, there's still consequences to my neglectful flossing. Could it be also too um, that when the Lord is disciplining the ones He loves, His children, that it's His desire that we learn from our mistakes in order to be closer to Him, in order to be brought into a more flourishing state, so to speak. Yes. Preach it. Preach it, Elizabeth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Continually inviting us to repent, continually inviting us to find restoration in his presence and continually inviting us into the path to flourishing. I mean, that's what you see in the Proverbs that God is, is when he is even judging sin, he's, he's not telling these people, hey, you are, you are hopeless and lost and broken. You're an idiot. No, what he's saying is, hey, this path that you're on is not going to be good for you. Turn to me, repent and find the path of life find flourishing, find freedom in my presence, because this is what I created you for. Well, that's such a more, much more hopeful message. I mean, (laughs) that's a message that I want to hear. You know, it's just speaking to the Father's love and just knowing that, you know, even though we have consequences to our stupidity, that he's not going to turn away from us and that he's going to welcome us back into flourishing and being close and near with him. Yeah, I think that's the gospel. I think that's true. And and I'm banking on it. I'm banking on it because I need that message too. So this next Proverbs, this one speaks deeply into my soul because I have a problem with this. Um, But the next verse that we have is Proverbs 2013, which says, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. So this one, this one speaks to me because, um, yeah, I don't like to wake up early. I like to sleep in and I'm working on that. I'm really trying. I'm trying to be more disciplined because I know that I waste the day if I wake up at, you know, nine or 10 o'clock. But yeah, this, this one is, is one that I need to have more discipline in this area. It's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one. And it has never been more tough for me with a baby. And, uh, (laughs) but let's, let's be clear also, like God is not commanding us to wake up at 3 a.m., go for a half marathon, do a full swim, do a full workout and read, you know, the whole Old Testament before before the sun rises. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked about rest, too. We did a whole podcast on that. So like that is definitely something necessary. Exactly. Rest is necessary. Rest is commanded by God. It's not even it's not even a suggestion. It's commanded by God. And also God gives the gift of rest to those whom he loves. And, and when we are tired, I think part of the reason why we are you know, wired this way and why we're made this way as humans, why we need sleep, is so that we can be stirred to worship the God who doesn't need rest, the God who doesn't need to take a break. So when we're exhausted and we're burnt out, there's an invitation even in that to turn our eyes to Christ and, and, and to worship him as we proclaim that the truth that Christ, you don't need sleep. You don't need rest. You don't need to take a break. You are so wonderful and glorious. So sleep is a good thing. Rest is a good thing. Also, the the scriptures would um, invite us into the, the spirit of God through the scriptures would invite us into a savage work ethic. The work ethic of a Christian should be excellent. Mm-hmm. And I think the heart behind that is simply stewarding the life and the opportunities that God has given you. 
So this proverb is great because it, it does it does both, right? It says those who love sleep will grow poor. And so uh, within that too, like we should we should note that like when we interpret the proverbs, they're kind of tough to interpret. So this isn't necessarily like a binding command on the life of the believer, but this is a general wisdom saying that holds some principles of truth. And so mm-hmm. the principle of truth that we derive here is that if you don't work, you're not going to eat. If you don't if you don't work hard, you're not going to be successful. Whereas on the contrary, in the second half of that proverb, if you do work hard, then you will eat. Mm-hmm. If you do work hard, you will be successful. You will find fruit from what you sow, from how hard you work. So I'm wondering here, this is something maybe tying into, I mean, because obviously we, we need to sleep enough so that we feel rested and we feel, you know, we, we get back our, our sane minds. But I'm wondering here if sleep is more like laziness, like passivity, complacency. Passivity and complacency and things that we have talked about before and that we're going to continue to talk about in this conversation on discipline. I think that those things are not looked upon favorably from the Lord because he would invite us to be a good steward of our time and opportunities that he gives us. So, yeah, I, I definitely think like sleep is important. I mean, for Pete's sake, God designed the human being. God designed us with a, a need for rest. You know, science would say that human beings need seven to nine hours of sleep at least. And science is like how we can discover truths about how God designed all things. So it's not like you know, sleep is God's idea. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a good thing. But, and I agree with your analysis. I think that this proverb is driving more deeply at passivity and complacency and laziness. I want to read one more Proverbs. And this was, I think this was kind of the main, the main idea here. Yes. So Proverbs ten seventeen. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. That is my favorite. That is my favorite proverb on discipline because I think it shows the heart of God. And we've touched on this. We've touched on this already. That that the 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 purpose of discipline is so that we might flourish. The purpose of discipline is aligning our lives with how God has designed all things to work, and within that we find human flourishing. So I love this proverb and and I love there's elsewhere in the book of Proverbs where this kind of language is used, where those who pursue God, those who follow God are on the path to life and those who reject God are on the path to destruction. And so there within that, you see this kind of almost this plea from God to, um, hey, come on the path of life. Like what you are doing is not working. We, We see this in the Proverbs, like in Proverbs chapter five. There's this kind of personification of sexual sin where the writer of the proverb is, is pleading with the audience, pleading with – he writes to, quote, my son to not entertain sexual sin. And, and what he says is like this personification of sexual sin, this woman, this prostitute, uh, she doesn't consider the path to life. And so it's not like it's not like he or or the Lord is looking at this woman or is looking at any human being and saying, like, you are headed for destruction and you're going to die and you're worthless. No, I think the, the plea there is, hey, you are on a path to destruction that like what you are pursuing is only going to leave you empty. What you are doing is not good for you. You're not going to flourish on this path. But if you repent, if you submit your life to the way that God designed all things to work, you'll find flourishing. You'll find the path to life. And so I think I think that is 
the purpose of discipline is to submit our lives to God's design and in that find flourishing, find life. And that's what this proverb describes. Yeah, I couldn't, I could not agree with you more. I think that was an excellent way to put it. And it, it makes so much sense to me. Earlier, you brought up the word complacency. Would you say that complacency is the opposite of discipline? Yeah, I would. I would. And, and I would say that complacency, I would go even further and say that complacency is the biggest struggle for men. The biggest struggle for godly men, or really for any man, is complacency. The fight against complacency is the biggest struggle of our lives. What would you say that complacency is? I think complacency is neglecting the call of God on your life. Complacency is laziness. It's it's passivity. It's um, rejecting that which God has called you into, which is abundant life, which is a meaningful life, a purposeful life. And when you reject that, when you neglect your responsibilities, when you reject the invitation of God on your life, I think that's complacency. And and so when when we consider what discipline is, when we consider the importance of discipline, both from a Christian perspective and from a warrior's perspective, you, warrior, are being invited into something grand. You are being invited into God's, the, the triune God, the God who created all things. He sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. And he's inviting you to participate in his grand redemptive plan to make all things right in the world. So he has given you specific desires. He's given you specific um, skills and he has wired you with a specific personality. And he is inviting you to participate in his mission to make things right in the world. So, so maybe you have a natural gift, maybe you have a natural inclination towards justice and you're serving in law enforcement. That is participating in God's design to make all things right in the world. You are fighting against evil and you are exercising your gifts. And, and that takes discipline. That takes rejecting complacency. Maybe you have a, a, the spiritual gift of mercy and you're serving as a chaplain or you're serving in, in some sort of ministry context. And, and that certainly is, is taking part in God's redemptive plan to proclaim the gospel and make all things right in the world. So there is a call from God on your life. The question is, will you accept it? There's no doubt, there's no possibility that you were created without purpose. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. And in order to discover that purpose, in order to walk most fully in the purpose that God created you for, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take rejecting complacency and passivity because that's, that's what the scriptures say in Proverbs, that the discipline is the path to life. Discipline is the path to flourishing. And that is why, as Christians, we have to take this conversation seriously because this is, this has, this is everything. This is God inviting you um, to participate in his grand redemptive plan to make things right in the world. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministry's mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ. <laughs>